on the record on news talk you are listening to On The Record with Kieran Cudahy with you here until one o'clock today. Now, as you will have heard in our discussions earlier, Donald Trump is on his way to uh, Singapore where he is going to be meeting with Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea. John Power is a journalist who has been covering Korean issues since 2010. He joins me now on the line. Uh, John, I suppose I'm going to ask you a fairly broad question uh, looking into the crystal ball. Will the meeting actually happen? Is it, is it guaranteed at this stage? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's impossible to be completely sure. There's always the chance uh, that there will be a last minute uh, hiccup. But I think at this stage now we have both President Trump and Kim Jong-un have landed in, in Singapore in the, in the last few hours. Uh, so it certainly looks like it will go ahead, assuming that there isn't some sort of last minute uh, interruption. When they finally meet, uh, is there a schedule? Is there an agenda for the meeting? Or is it just going to be, let's sit down and see what happens? Yeah, well, there's a lot of uncertainty about exactly how this is going to transpire. Um, They're arranging to meet uh, on Tuesday morning. uh, And then how long those discussions could last is really anyone's guess. Obviously, we we have a fairly clear idea about the broad aims of these discussions. The United States, of course, would like to see North Korea give up its nuclear weapons once and for all and to allow international inspectors uh, into the very reclusive and closed country to ensure that that has happened. Um, And North Korea um, would like to have its security uh, guaranteed. It also will see this as an opportunity to sort of bolster the legitimacy of its regime and of its leadership. This is a very uh, unique and historical moment. There's never been a meeting before between a sitting US president and the leader of North Korea. So it's quite an extraordinary moment uh, in, in many respects. Uh, and while we can see um, quite uh, clearly what the broad um, goals of each side are, how exactly um, the distance between the two sides, which is pretty considerable in all sorts of ways, will actually be narrowed is really an open question. Yeah, but th- those two main goals, they don't seem to be mutually exclusive in that you could have both. Like, but I could, You could see a, a situation where both sides can walk out the winner, as in there could be nuclear disarmament. Trump, uh, I suppose, can, can claim a victory or there's, there's moves towards disarmament or certainly the right sounds made. And Kim can go back and say, look, Donald Trump has... has offered the type of protections and uh, uh, recognition that no, no sitting president has ever offered the United States victory for us. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a temptation um, for both sides, I think, to declare some sort of big breakthrough and, and victory um, that will seem uh, very meaningful and monumental uh, to the br- respective audiences. Uh, I think the real question, though, is how... Um, legitimate any agreement that is reached will actually be. There's a lot of concern uh, and a lot of um, uncertainty about uh, the extent to which the world or the United States um, would be able to actually verify that North Korea sticks to any agreement uh, it may reach to give up its nuclear weapons. Yeah, This is an extremely closed country. Um, and just, just where uh, exactly all these weapons might reside and all the, the sites might reside is, is very much 
a matter of uncertainty. It, there was a great quote from, from Kim Jong-un during the week that trust is the bedrock of diplomacy and, and we're in this bizarre situation where you're questioning the trust of Donald Trump, the US president, more so than Kim Jong-un because we had as well with the G7 yesterday an agreement uh, that apparently had been signed by all parties and then a few hours later Donald Trump saying, no, I didn't sign that agreement, that agreement, so we, we have no hand actor part in it. Uh, how much, given everything that has happened, as we look in the last couple of years, the last few months under Trump's presidency in the last few hours even can we trust anything that comes out of the summit yeah well i think that that goes both ways obviously donald trump is quite a polarizing figure um and he's um certainly a, a unique sort of politician <clears throat> and certainly has a very um uh, idiosyncratic style um on the other hand uh, north korea has made many promises and pledges uh, throughout the years um, to follow a, a path toward denuclearization and to um, regularize uh, relations with the South, South Korea, that is. Um, and, and as has been pointed out before by many analysts, if um, many of the agreements and treaties that have already been reached with North Korea, with various parties, including the United States, had actually been stuck to, uh, we wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. So uh, North Korea doesn't have, putting it mildly, does not have a, a strong record of following through on agreements. And there will be a lot of skepticism about whether it will actually stick to anything. And, and then on the US side, there is a question, um, there is a temptation, um, some would say, for Donald Trump to declare some sort of massive uh, diplomatic and strategic victory, because he's obviously facing a lot of pressure at home. Uh, and he may want to declare uh, a, a breakthrough that is actually potentially built on quite shaky foundations. Yeah, look, I think we can take it as granted whether he walks out of the meeting or whether it goes the whole length, he's going to claim a, a great diplomatic breakthrough in the victory anyway. That there is, the, the whole world will be watching this 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 meeting, uh, but nowhere more closely than in South Korea, obviously a country you know well. What are they looking for? Yeah, well, I mean... Um, South Koreans have lived with the, the shadow of the North Korea, uh, Korean regime uh, hanging over them now for about 70 years. Um, and I think uh, the prevailing mood in, in South Korea, understandably, would be um, their preference would be for a neighbor that is less bellicose, that is um, that wants to live in harmony with them. And also the ultimate aim of of. Uh, South Korea, and actually also North Korea officially, uh, is to reunify. Um, these uh, two countries are were artificially created um, after the Second World War by um, the, the Americans and the Russians at the time. Um, and they are uh, one, one people, essentially, with one language and a common uh, history and heritage. Uh, so the ideal situation in the minds of many Koreans would be to be able to reunify peacefully and to cooperate and to to be a unified nation again of course that's a really a, a huge a huge challenge in so many uh respects i mean not least of all south korea is a, a modern democracy it's a very wealthy stable modern country <clears throat> whereas north korea is arguably the most totalitarian closed uh, nation still left uh, on the earth um so overcoming the, those differences um, really is is a monumental uh, sort of task. Obviously, as well, South Korea uh, would like to see North Korea give up its nuclear weapons. Um, that that goes without saying. But I think beyond that, there's that broader question of it, it, it will it be possible for someday 
for the two sides to overcome uh, their their differences and actually become uh, one nation again. All right, look, as I said, the whole world is going to be watching it. John Power, who is a journalist uh, who's been based in uh, South Korea for many years covering these issues and more. John, thanks very much for speaking to us here on On The Record. Stay with us after this short break. Dave McIntyre, Shane Stapleton are going to be in studio talking about the weekend's bumper sporting action. 18 GA games. Never been a weekend like it. On The Record. On, the record. on News Talk.